Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. everybody this is the hokey hangover podcast as you'll notice this voice is a bit different than the one usually leading off the pod um I'm, my name is ricky the blue i'm with mike mcdaniel andrew alex is out um we will not be seeing him tonight yeah rick no andrew um we have an interesting game here to talk about with liberty uh, it's <laughs> i don't know i mean they're ranked 25th but are they actually that good we'll get into that yeah, I, I really have changed my tune a bit on this uh, on this Liberty game here, just doing a bit more research. Um, definitely don't think the way that I did, uh, but we'll uh, we'll see how things go. But before we get diving into all this jazz, uh, we do want to thank the good folks at Main Street Pharmacy, Jeremy Counts, for sponsoring the pod. Uh, this is a really cool business for me to talk about just in the sense, cause it is a small business. They do treat people the way that they're supposed to be treated. Um, they really do focus on not treating you like a number or they treat you like a neighbor. Uh, they're a locally owned pharmacy dedicated to the well-being of you and your family. Um, if you are in the Blacksburg or the new river Valley area, please go to main street pharmacy for all of your pharmaceutical needs. They'll take care of you better than anybody else in the area. And um, it also helps that Jeremy is a pretty cool dude. Um, and we really do thank him for, Sponsoring the podcast because it uh, makes it a bit more enjoyable. Yeah, no doubt about it. Our guy, uh, Jeremy, coming in clutch in Blacksburg every time I'm down there, meeting up at Hokie House, <laughs> making sure we're all taken care of from a drink standpoint. He's a good dude. So make sure to go uh, check out Main Street Pharmacy. Definitely. So this this Liberty game is interesting in the sense that if we had talked about this prior to the season, and Mike, if I had told you that one of these teams – was going to be ranked coming into this game, you would assume that it would be the Hokies, correct? Yeah, you would assume that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not the case. <laughs> Virginia Tech is four and two. It is outside the top 25. The Flames are on fire at six and zero, oh, uh, playing a really, really weird schedule. I don't I'd know. If say. You have, I don't know if if y'all are listening that if you've looked at the schedule that Liberty's played, but Listen to this schedule, folks. They've played, so they went at Western Kentucky, Florida International. Then they play FCS North Alabama. Then they get Louisiana Monroe. Then they go at Syracuse. And then last week uh, to Southern Miss. So Liberty hasn't played a team close to their campus all season. Yeah, and uh, per tech sideline, here's the record of those teams you listed. 
Western, <laughs> Western Kentucky, two and five. FIU, zero oh and three. North Alabama, zero oh and two. ULM, zero oh and seven. Syracuse, one and six. Southern Miss, one and five. Tech has as many wins. That's four wins. As the six opponents Liberty has played so far combined, the yeah, record so of those opponents, Ricky, four and twenty-six. Four and twenty-eight is what I is what I got this morning. Even worse. <laughs> yeah. So, not great, Bob. Um, so, look, I, I want to give credit to Liberty for being six and zero because anytime you start a season with six wins and no losses, you're obviously doing something right. That being said. Is it fair to say that this this number twenty five ranking is 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 inflated for sure? Uh yeah. I mean, th- it's fun to rank a team that's coached by Hugh Freeze. <laughs> I think that's where we're at with this. I can't, I mean, I'm looking at this. Look, I mean, anybody can be six and zero with this schedule. I mean, come on, yeah. right? I mean, Syracuse yeah. found now. I will say, Syracuse found a way to get blasted, blasted by Liberty, but. There are a few teams in the FBS that would lose a game to Liberty. Syracuse is one of them. And now yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to sit here and say that Liberty is totally incompetent. We'll get into what they do well and things like they're that. They're not. They're definitely not. Definitely not totally incompetent, but they're six and zero for a reason, right? And it's because yes. of the caliber of teams that they played. Yes, most definitely. And um, coming into really when I started preparing for this week, I kind of figured you know Liberty's going to be tough because they've got. Malik Willis at quarterback. And just judging from keeping up with them throughout the season, Malik has been pretty darn impressive, and it seems like he's been getting better. Um, let's start specifically with the offense because this is where Liberty's strength is, is scoring the football. Um, Malik Willis has been absolutely ridiculous. He's completing something like 67% of his passes. He's averaging over eight yards an attempt. He's had 15 touchdowns this year. He's only thrown one pick. Uh, So for a guy who, again, remember, this is a name that Tech fans should be familiar with. Malik Willis committed to the Hokies to play defensive back. He flipped to Auburn late in the process because Auburn offered him to play quarterback. Um, Malik Willis transfers to Liberty for this year after two seasons of barely barely playing at all. And he's really turned it on. He's accounting for 55% of their offense in terms of his passing yards and then his rushing yards. He's definitely the key cog here. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously super athletic. Justin Fuente in his press conference this week said that Willis could have played like six or seven different positions because of how they, athletic he They was. were really, really disappointed when he jumped because they felt like he had the ability to be an excellent defensive back just because of his, his agility and his athleticism. Right. Um, I'm sure te- some tech fans were wondering, well, why the hell didn't he let him try and play quarterback considering what he's doing for Liberty? Right. Um, but Justin Fuente definitely wanted this guy in the first place. And in a sense, I think it's, it's helpful for the Hokies that Virginia Tech recruited this guy and damn near signed him. Yeah, I, I would say so because he's certainly the best player on Liberty's team. Uh, They're at least familiar with him and his game going all the way back to his sophomore, junior year of high school. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're definitely familiar with him. That's yeah, that's, of course, one angle. Um, And the fact that Tech recruited the best player on Liberty's team is also good, too, because he's not (laughs) just good for Liberty. He's just flat out good. He's completed 77 percent of his passes, nine touchdowns to one interception. He would start on multiple teams in the ACC. He would. and, And he's got almost 500 yards rushing this year. He's averaging seven yards a carry and has six touchdowns on the ground. I mean, the guy is no joke. Regardless of opponent, he is carrying that offense right now. 
Now, from a familiarity standpoint, to kind of speak to that angle, Ricky, which I think is a really good point, like Virginia Tech is aware, at least generally aware, of what Willis can and can't do. Um, now, has he improved since Virginia Tech had him in for high school camp? Yes, of course. Um, but from an athleticism standpoint, this is a guy that Tech began scouting in high school, offered him a scholarship. He committed to Virginia Tech before uh, jumping ship to Auburn. And that's obviously something that's significant to this is that Virginia Tech does have the familiarity with Willis um, and the fact that he is obviously a really good player and a guy who can um, impact the game clearly offensively. He kind of just does it all. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm a bit ignorant when it comes to Liberty's pass catchers, but to me, it seems like the majority of their offensive talent outside of Malik Willis resides in the backfield where they've got three backs averaging over five yards an attempt, which is almost ludicrous. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's insane. Um, Shedro Lewis is averaging 8.3 yards per rush. He's been as, about as efficient as anybody in college football this year. Um, the interesting thing about Liberty is that even though the defense has struggled so much, and we'll get to that here in a moment, um, they're, t- they're top 20 in scoring and yardage. And even if you go by the metrics, they're 39th in offensive football efficiency index uh, from football outsiders, and they're ninth in offensive points per drive. So I think it's pretty fair to say this is a top 20 offense nationally, just in terms of their efficiency. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when they're getting in the red zone, they're scoring points. And and in a way, it almost reminds you of, of Louisville, right? In the sense that you have an offense here that can really score can really put up points statistically speaking by the metrics is better than Louisville, even though they may not have the top end talent that Louisville had in Javion Hawkins and uh Tutu Atwell and, and, and uh, Malik Cunningham. Yeah, I was actually, um, I was on the line with Wes McElroy um, with on 910, the fan in Richmond earlier this week. And he asked me on the air, what team, does Liberty remind you of, if any, in the ACC? And my answer actually was Louisville for the reasons yeah. you just mentioned, Ricky. The fact that they have an explosive athletic quarterback, they are, but even so, they are a run-first offense. Now, they don't have the bell cow back that Javion Hawkins is, but they have numerous guys who carry the football at a really high clip. Like you mentioned, each one of their primary running backs, uh, we're talking Josh Mack, uh, Shedro Lewis, and Peyton Pickett, they're all averaging at least five yards per, per rush, which is like you mentioned, just absolutely absurd. Now, that's when you take quality of opponent into yes. account, of course. Um, but they're still productive backs. And, you know, you got to play who's in front of you. And they've produced against everybody they've played so far. This is certainly a run-first offense with Malik Willis. They um, they like showing the read option look like most spread offenses in the FBS, um, which I guess shouldn't be a surprise given who the coach is and Hugh Freeze. That's something he's historically always done with his offenses. And they're always well coached on that side of the football, right? Hugh Freeze always has a good offense. It's still the case, even at lower level FBS school Liberty, that he has an athlete in Malik Willis, who's probably one of the best quarterbacks in school history, I would assume, um, in his short time that he's been there. And he commands that offense and they try to run the ball first. Um, but, you know, if forced to throw the ball through the air, like I mentioned, he's completing a very high percentage of his passes. Um, sitting there, you know, 67.2% completion on the year on 131 attempts. So he's a very efficient passer. And the point that you bring up about points per drive, 
uh, being one of the top offenses in the country in that regard just speaks to the fact that they're getting in the red zone. They're scoring touchdowns. They're not kicking a lot of field goals. So that's really important. They, they score a lot of points. Some of that has to do with the opponent, but some of it has to do with the fact they're just flat out efficient. And that's something that, you know, if Virginia Tech's not prepared and, you know, isn't playing well defensively or tackling well in this game, it's just something they're going to have to monitor. Yeah, so going through Malik Willis's game logs here, his game, worst game by far was against ULM, uh, completing less than 38% of his passes, no passing touchdowns, one pick. Um, he's had, He also had a bad game against Western Kentucky, at least passing, but his best game through the air came last week against Southern Miss when he tossed six touchdowns, which is silly. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. That's, that's stuff you're doing on NCAA 14 on, on freshman mode, right? So he's... He's completing – he's only had nine incompletions. Excuse me. Um, he's had 11 incompletions in those last two weeks. Yep. That's that's pretty absurd. So he is hot. He's already a pretty good player. Uh, and if there's – there's three things in life that Hugh Freeze is good at, right? Number one, he can recruit. Number two, he can coach. Number three, he can get you to the strip club. That's right. And – he, he can coach now. So they're, they're, Virginia Tech is going to face a really good team in, in Liberty offensively. Now, here's where the facade starts to break down. Yep. Um, Liberty's defense stinks. They're this bad. defense is flat out bad. Now, we can argue all we want about how bad Tech's defense is. But, boys, this is a bit different. Football Outsiders ranks Liberty 85th in defensive efficiency. Now, this would shock you if you only looked at the raw numbers, because if you look at the and just in scoring defense, Liberty is 22nd. And if you look at average yards allowed, they're 12th. But if you go by the metrics, they're one of the worst defenses in the country. So how, how the hell do you reconcile that? So, yeah, Ricky, like you mentioned, um, you know, from a efficiency standpoint, it hasn't been very good for Liberty. Now, with that being said, this is a situation where a lot of those advanced metrics take into account quality of opponent, which is why you always have to look beyond just the standard statistics of passing yards allowed where Liberty is 10th in the nation, like you mentioned. Like, you got to look past that because when you adjust for who they've played, it doesn't look very good anymore. Um, quality of opponent has been poor. I keep preaching that, but it's the biggest takeaway for this game. People who are saying, oh, yeah, Liberty could you know, definitely upset Virginia Tech. Not saying it can happen, but when you look at it on paper and you look at who Liberty has played relative to who Virginia Tech has played, even in Virginia Tech's worst game defensively, which I think we can easily argue is the North Carolina game. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. I mean, Liberty's offense is really good, but is Liberty's uh, – Liberty's offense could put almost 700 yards like North Carolina's offense did. I don't think so, even on their no. best day. And that's, that's what we mean by adjusting for the opponent, even on Virginia Tech's worst day this year. Like, I, I don't think that Liberty has a shot really to come close to that total. No, I, I don't think so. Um, I do think that Liberty is going to score some points. Definitely. And I do think that there will be a chunk of this game that might make Tech fans sweat a little bit. Um, especially if the offense does what we've seen multiple times throughout the year and starts slow uh, because Liberty can put up points. And the last thing you want to do if you're playing Liberty 
is let them jump out to a lead because this is a run first team. And the same kind of goes for Virginia Tech, right? If you're playing Virginia Tech, you don't want to let them jump out to a lead because they really excel when they can pound the rock and keep the ball on the ground. Liberty is, is kind of in the same mold, even though Malik Willis did just have six passing touchdowns versus Southern Miss. Like you said, Mike, there's still a run first team. You do not want to let them get out to a lead and start playing ball control offense. Now, again, I understand that his passing numbers are still pretty good, but that's not the strength of this football team. So it's really important for Virginia Tech's offense to get out to a quick start, and it seems like this is the defense to do it against. Ricky, you mentioned that you think there's going to be a lot of points. Vegas agrees with you. 67 and a half is the point total in this game. That's it? (laughs) Over, right? Well, I mean, look, we will talk about this later in the pod because my betting track record is is horseshit. It's bad. Mine hasn't been much better, but it's bad. It's it's awful. So Vegas knows, right? Um, I don't don't know. I mean, I I feel like Virginia Tech can put up 40 in this game easy, um, just given who they're they're facing. I don't know if Liberty is going to put up a ton of points. I do think that they're going to put up some. I can probably see them hitting somewhere in the 30 range. Um, So – I could see I could see the overhitting for sure. I could see somewhere along the lines of 70 or so points, but um 60 what you said 67 67 and a half. Yeah, that that feels a bit low. Yeah. I think I'd lean over there as well. Um the one thing to watch here is if Virginia Tech's defense is able to hold down Liberty, that might be a little bit of a sucker bet because it feels low to me too. And the over seems like a really good play considering what Liberty's offense has done this year. But if you adjust it for competition, I think that's where Vegas sucks you in. Yeah. And um, that, that could very well be the case, even, even though the offensive metrics um, seem like, or they, they suggest that Liberty's offense is legit still. Yeah. Which it very well might be, and this would be their opportunity to show it. I mean, this is going to be, for all the faults that Virginia Tech's defense has had this year, this is the best defense that Liberty's faced. Um, so I think we'll get clarity somewhat on just how good this Liberty offense is. Um, I mean, Syracuse's defense has been pretty good against the pass. They have not been as good against the run. I mean, when you cons- when you consider what Syracuse's defense has been, this year i mean they're pretty average in terms of like acc metrics on a yards per play basis and stuff like that i think it's even more impressive that syracuse's defense has been as good as it has with how bad the offense has been and the reason why i bring that up is because liberty hung 30 points on syracuse so that's i mean they're capable of scoring if virginia tech is out of position on defense you know linebackers aren't filling gaps correctly secondary gets turned around you know, there have been some weird things happen at Virginia Tech's defense this year. I mean, just point to point to the game last week against Louisville. Um, you saw that, you know, Louisville was waving the white flag before halftime. And before you know it, uh, J.B. on Hawkins takes the run 90 yards up the left side. So this is a Louisville offense this year that, you know, had come into play looking very good. And Liberty's offense is very similar to that of Louisville's where Virginia Tech goes in and messes around and doesn't play great, I think Liberty can put up some points and expose the defense a little bit. I didn't hear anything you said for like the last 45 seconds. Yikes. Um, but I, I don't really – I think we've kind of hit the the nail on the head there. Um, 
I figure I, I've got like one more question and then you want to get into picks. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Mike, if let's play a little doom and gloom here. Yep. <laughs> so yep. what the heck would happen if Liberty wins this football game? Um, you know, if you thought the fan base was out on Justin Fuente before, boy, oh boy, Rick. Yeah, I mean, how, how like, what does he get a pass because Liberty's ranked? Like, no. or, or, or are, are people just not going to care because Liberty has always been seen as the, you know, kind of the, the cousin off off in the corner that you see every so often, and every time you do, you beat the hell out of him. Like, is no, no. I mean, this is the the way I look at it is simple, Ricky. I don't think he, I don't think Fuente would get a pass. And the reason why I don't think he'd get a pass is because he has had a lot of trouble recruiting the state of Virginia, as we've documented. If he were to lose to Liberty, that's not helping anything in Virginia. Um, and look, they've they've signed, well, not officially signed, but they have more verbal commits than they've had in a long time out of the state of Virginia in this 2021 recruiting class. But so there's been some improvement from just a relative number of prospects standpoint in Virginia, but from an elite prospect standpoint where Virginia tech has struggled and continues to struggle in the state of Virginia, you're not going to get elite prospects from the state. If you're losing to an in-state opponent, that's not named UVA. You're just not. Yeah. And and even if it is UVA, I feel like the, I feel like the leeway has been used there. Agree. All of the slack has been, has been pulled on. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I think some people would give him a pass just because Liberty's ranked, but as we're about to get into our picks here, Tech's a 14 and a half point favorite in this game. Vegas is not expecting Liberty to be able to hang with Virginia Tech. Um, I think that that's realistic. So if this, even if this game is close, right, like late in the fourth quarter and Tech is like kicking a field goal to make it a two score game or like they're, you know, they're, they're only up one score with just a few minutes left. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be upset um, because they're, they see Liberty as a second tier program, a tier below Virginia tech. And I can't say I disagree with them. Yeah. Simply because of where Liberty is kind of in their process. Like Hugh freeze is only in his second year. He hasn't had a chance to really, start recruiting better talent to Liberty. So he hasn't raised their talent profile just yet, but um, he certainly is coaching them up better. And this is not your, your grandmother's Liberty football team. Um, like the one Virginia tech beat up in 2016 or, or, or anything in between. Right. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I think Virginia tech needs to cover the spread. I think they will. Like I, if we get the Virginia tech team that has shown up for a majority of the season, except for that Wake Forest game. I think Virginia Tech will cover because like Liberty strength is running the football. Virginia Tech strength is running the football. Virginia Tech, I think, can put Liberty in some precarious situations through the air. And Malik Willis has been really efficient, but six out of his nine touchdowns were last week. So it's not like Malik Willis has been throwing touchdowns, lighting the world on fire this entire season. He has been efficient and he has taken care of the football all year. So I don't want to take that away from him, but the, the touchdown to interception radio radio the touchdown to interception ratio is a bit deceiving when you consider what he did just last week against Southern Miss where he throws six of those like you mentioned earlier 
Fair enough. Let's go ahead and get into our ACC picks here. I'm assuming Andrew is not going to be adding his picks on to the end of this podcast. Um, so this is just going to be Mike and I. We'll start with the Friday game. This is Miami and NC State. Miami is 11th in the country. This is 7.30 on ESPN. 5-1 and one Miami, a 10.5-point favorite over the Wolfpack in Raleigh. Mike, what you thinking? Um, I've struggled with this a little bit because that's a spread that Miami should cover. Both teams are coming off a bye week, and Miami is a better team than NC State. NC State doesn't have the certainty of having a really good quarterback anymore with Devin Leary injured. Bailey Hawkman, since he's been in, the passing game's been uh, up and down, right? I think it's kind of being a little bit generous. I think the pick here has to be NC State, though. And the reason why I say that, not, not to win outright, just to cover. I, th- I think Miami wins the game. But I think the pick here is NC State to cover. Miami just hasn't been able to really pull away from anybody. I mean, the only team they really blew out um, recently is Florida State. And Florida State was a mess. There still are, but they were really a mess at that point. Hadn't even turned to Jordan Travis. He had a quarterback. Um, but you look at, you know, Miami's results here, you know, last few games, and it's hard to really pick them with a lot of confidence to cover that 10 and a half. I mean, they beat Pitt by 12, but they struggled to get there and they only beat UVA by five, two Saturdays ago. So this is a team in NC state that I think is, you know, comparable to UVA where they can certainly hang around. If you let them, they run the football. Well, they can play a little ball control game. Miami just has struggled recently to score a lot of points. Now, Maybe they got that fixed in the bye week, and maybe Miami has figured something out there. But I, I think NC State has to be the pick here, Ricky. All right, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with NC State too to cover the spread. Um, not feeling good about that at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I could easily see Derek King pop off and and put NC State away early. Um, but Virginia, who is not a very good football team, definitely hung tough tough with Miami. Granted, it was in the middle of a, a pretty serious rainstorm, so take that for what it's worth, but I'll take the Wolfpack to cover that 10.5-point spread. Moving on to Saturday, where we'll have a few games here. Uh, Carolina and Duke at noon. It's on ESPN2. Carolina at 4-2. In Durham, 10.5-point favorite over the Blue Devils. Um, Mike, I don't know about you, but I think I'm going to pick Carolina to go ahead and cover that spread, even though Duke put a whooping on Charlotte last week. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think the only way Duke kind of hangs around here is if the defensive front gives North Carolina's offensive line issues. Um, but even so I'm not confident in Chase Bryce to not turn the football over a few times. I'm just not. Mm -hmm. And I think this might be a get right game for North Carolina after how they lost last week. I think this is a nice chance to rebound on the road against a team that they really should beat by, by more than 10 and a half points. Yes, most definitely. Duke is not the worst team in the ACC, unfortunately for, 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 for Syracuse because BC, <laughs> BC's got a chance to, to respond here, uh, losing to Clemson, getting out to that lead up front. They have a two o'clock tilt with the orange. BC is a 14 point favorite against Syracuse. Um, how do you see this one going? Uh, do I have to watch this? Uh, no, actually, you don't. Good. Thank you. <laughs> this <laughs> Thank is going you. to be on ESPN3. So, unless you're watching on your laptop, Mikey, you can avoid this one. Yeah, maybe, maybe local television somewhere will have it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I won't be actively seeking this out at the very weird kickoff <laughs> time of 2 p.m. 
Oh man, I think I'm just gonna roll with Syracuse. I guess. I mean, they're at home. It's a big spread. I don't feel. I mean, BC looked really good against Clemson. They put a lot into that game. Maybe it's a little bit of a letdown spot. I'll take Syracuse to cover 14. I do not see Syracuse coming close in this game. Um, BC is going to be pissed that they that they let that game get away from them against Clemson. Um, I, I I just have no belief left in Syracuse at this point. So I'll go ahead and take. Uh, Jeff Halfley's group to cover 14, which makes him want to vomit. <laughs> uh, next game here, ACC Network, Pitt and Florida State. Um, neither of these teams is any good. Florida State's a two-point favorite at home against the Panthers. Um, I'm going to go with Pitt here. I just don't really believe in, in Florida State. I What they were doing there for a bit with Jordan Travis was making a difference, especially in that Carolina game, but that seems to have been figured out. I just refuse to believe that Pitt is this bad. I don't see it, man. I, I, I don't know how they've gotten to the point where they're below 500. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Pitt to, to win outright here. Yeah, Rick, I think I'm with you. <laughs> I'm going to take Pitt as well. Um, the reason why is because Pittsburgh's rushing defense is really good. Florida state's offense is totally predicated on how well Jordan Travis runs the football. And if Pitt takes that away, I'm not confident that Travis will make enough plays in the passing game. I'm just not. And Pittsburgh's offense hasn't been great either. Um, they're not going to have Kenny Pickett again. It looks like, cause he hasn't practiced. He's still out with an ankle injury. So it's going to be a Joe Yellen show. I'm going to roll with Pitt. I, again, two really bad teams and this is a total coin flip, but Pitt's strength is stopping the run. That's really the only way Florida State has proven to be able to move the ball consistently. So I'm not sure if Florida State scores enough points. I love the under, by the way. Over-under is 51. Love the under there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the game that's going to piss off ESPN so much that it's on NBC, uh, Clemson at Notre Dame. Clemson a five-point favorite without Trevor Lawrence, 730 uh, on the Peacock channel. Um, Mike, how do you – I don't know, man. What are you thinking? Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, Clemson has struggled defensively in the secondary in man coverage, which is something because we're not used to seeing that with Clemson. Now, Notre Dame's receiving core has been kind of up and down. I'm not sure they have the guys to challenge Clemson's secondary enough uh, to outright win this game. Uh, Clemson, I, you know, I worry a little bit about, we're going to just call him DJU because trying to pronounce his last name is, uh, Uyagalele. yeah, there it is. We're going to call him DJ. Oh, it's not that hard. Uyagalele. So I'm going to go, look, he's going into South Bend. It's on the road. It's hard for a freshman to win on the road, but he's very, he's very good. I mean, he looked good last week and look, even if he does struggle against a really good Notre Dame defense, Clemson still has Travis Etienne, who's a game breaker. I think this is close. I think Notre Dame competes. Notre Dame is 29 and three in its last 32 games. And they've been, they've been competitive in some of these games, right? Like they, they went into Athens last year uh, against Georgia and damn near beat Georgia on the road. They played really well there. So they've played, it's not like they've just get, gotten blown out of every big game they've played in, but we just haven't seen them pull off that monumental win yet. Right. We're still kind of waiting for that since the renaissance of the, of the Brian Kelly era after 2016, when they four, went four and eight, they've been really good ever since then. They've been really competitive college football playoff contenders year in and year out since then. 
but this is we just haven't seen a beat a team like Clemson and even without Trevor Lawrence I think I'm just going to hedge I'm going to say Clemson wins I think Clemson covers five points I think Notre Dame keeps it close though I I do Um, I could see a scenario where you know Clemson could win this game by a couple scores but I think given what Notre Dame can do defensively to intimidate a freshman quarterback and given that Notre Dame's offense um, I, I think can make enough plays I, I think they'll be able to keep it competitive, but I think Clemson wins by about a touchdown and covers that five-point spread. I'm going to agree with you. You mentioned Clemson's issues in the secondary. Notre Dame's offense is much better on the ground than they are through the air. Um, the Irish would much rather just run the ball all day. Clemson's offense versus Notre Dame's defense, that's good on good right there. Notre Dame's defense is excellent. Clemson's offense is the best unit. On their football team, um, I think Uyagalele did look good against BC. He's going to be playing a far better defense against Notre Dame. I do think – what's the uh, what's the over-under on this? Do you know? Yeah, it's 51. I think that that's pretty pretty close. It I, is, I, yeah. This is going to be a pretty low-scoring game, I think. I think ultimately Clemson's defensive line is going to make the difference. Brian Brissy is a monster. Yeah, real good. Um, Virginia Tech really wanted that kid for a reason, right? I mean – before he was even the number one recruit in the country, Brian Bercy is just an absolute animal at defensive tackle. He's going to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL as soon as he's eligible. Um, I'm going to go with Clemson to win. I think Clemson can cover five. Um, and part of it is, Mike, like you mentioned, as good as Notre Dame has been at as many games as Brian Kelly wins, every time they get themselves into these this, these elite level games where they're going up against the big time, they all, they have fallen short. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and roll with Dabo um, and, and the Tigers here. I think that they can get it done. We will not be picking Louisville and Virginia this week because it's 2020 and we can't have nice things. Yep. COVID. <laughs> COVID-19 has blown that out. Uh, so no picking that game. I, I guess it's going to be played on um, next week, or is it they're going to shoot for it? Yeah, it sounds like they're going to shoot for next Saturday, which I think is pretty aggressive given what the outbreak looks like at Louisville. But hey, hope for the best. Yeah, definitely. So let's go ahead and get into the final game here, which is obviously Liberty and Virginia Tech. This is a noon kick, which I know my former colleague Andy Bitter absolutely enjoys <laughs> oh, <laughs> because yeah. all the sports writers prefer noon kicks. Um, on the ACC network, which means we're guaranteed to get more tax shaver and spurtle commercials. 14 and a half point spread. Mike, I believe you said tech is going to cover here. Yep. Tech wins, tech covers. I gave my pick away a little bit early there. So sorry about that. But yeah, I think tech wins and covers. Um, I think, look, I mean, tech, it's a lot of points. I mean, it is, it's, it's 14 and a half. I get it. Virginia Tech hasn't exactly covered games with any sort of certainty this year but I think this is the way that they do it I think this is this is the game where they kind of bounce back and they're able to figure it out so give me Virginia Tech to win they'll cover and they'll find a way here Rick at home to finally cover a spread I can easily see them falling short of the spread um We've seen Virginia Tech time and time again kind of fall flat in these games where they're favored by big numbers. I do think Tech is going to be a little jazzed to play this game just because Liberty is 25th in the country. I think Fuente 
is going to have these guys prepared. And ultimately, I think he's going to get through the, the message to them that if Virginia Tech comes out here and plays lackadaisical football, they're going to get their ass kicked um, because Liberty's just going to run, run up the scoreboard and they're going to put up 40 points and Tech's going to be in serious trouble. So I think Fuente is going to have his team ready to go. Uh, Tex Rock and the All Maroons, which I'm obviously a fanboy of. And if you aren't, I can't help you. Um, I'm going to go with Tech to cover the spread. That's a big, big, big number, though, 14 and a half. Uh, I do think Tech can do it, though, just because Liberty's defense is really, really poor. And I also think Liberty's in for a bit of a rude awakening here. This is Tech is by far the best team that they've played on their schedule. And if I'm not um, if I'm not incorrect, I think Tech might be the best team they play all year. Um, just considering what, what I was looking at earlier, and I may be wrong on that, but so if I am, please let me know. Uh, but I'm going to go with Tech to cover. I think they can get it done. Mike, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners as uh, before we wrap this one up? Rate, review, subscribe. Tweet at Andrew and ask him why he wasn't on the show tonight. I'm just kidding. Don't do that to him. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. This was do this that. was a this was a planned absence. Um, Andrew is not in trouble, so don't don't blow him up. Ignore Mike. Mike is wrong. Uh, Fake news. Do yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Um, but no, Andrew will be back for the recap. Yeah, well, actually, I'm going I'm going over the Liberty schedule, man. Dude, they got Coastal to finish the year. Rank Coastal, baby. The Chanticleers. I have a friend who went to Coastal actually. Coastal uh, is scoring like 40 to 50 points in every game they play. They're insane. Who, who real quick, who the hell have they played? I guarantee you it's been a bad it's been a better schedule than Liberty's played. Okay, so they that. Beat, so they have Kansas, they beat Campbell, Arkansas State, they beat a ranked um Louisiana team, they beat Georgia Southern, and they beat Georgia State. They have South Alabama, Troy, App State, Texas State, and Liberty left on the schedule. Do you think do you think real quick, do you think Coastal runs the table there? I think they, I think they do potentially run the table. Uh, the one to look at is November twenty first against App. That's a tough game. They're they're going to lose one of those games. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, if if, if we have any Chanticleer fans in the audience, Maybe Troy. Sorry, you're you're going to lose. Troy's really known for for Troy's good seasons. <laughs> Troy's good. They play Troy and App in back back to back weeks, so that's not an easy. You're probably going to lose one of those. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe they lose to Liberty at the end of the season. We'll see. Um, make sure you're listening to the podcast regularly subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you use to listen go listen to andrew's radio show on espn blacksburg the drive Uh, mikey is a regular guest on the show i have not received a invitation and quite perturbed about it (laughs) so um paul andrew if you're listening come on man what's up what's going Um, on (laughs) also read mike's stuff uh, you can read my stuff. We're both posting our content on Twitter consistently. I'll have a Liberty preview coming out today, uh, kind of alongside this podcast. And um, again, DMs are always open. Let us know what you think of the podcast. If you have any suggestions, let us know. Um, and thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. We're really looking forward to keeping this pod going for the rest of the season. Um, enjoy your weekend. Try not to get too lost in the chaos that's going on in the, in the world at the moment. And um Go Tech.